0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. This is John Scott coming at you mildly hot, mostly cold, from Michigan. And we got my main man, Tim, Timmy e. W. Tim, What, up, what was- up? What's going well, on? Well- <laughs> Never again. We're gonna one, do two, that, one, no. two. I Check promise you. Repping the 416. <laughs> no, I was the 905, baby. 781. Is that Southern Boston, Southie?
1: Yeah, you know it.
0: Who knew that would become a fad, just doing your area codes? Did Ludacris really put that on the map?
1: I'm thinking Eminem, right? 313
0: from 8 Mile. No, Ludacris was well before that because he had people in different area codes. (laughs) Yeah, did he? I I believe he did. In tons of different area codes. So I think Ludacris did that. And now it's the street names. People are like doing the highway signs. I live on M22 or I am, you know, QEW. Like just all these street signs. Like we get it. You live on a street somewhere in the world. You don't have to advertise it. Like that. That's something, right? I've never gotten on that, you know, train. Like, hey, I'm going to put a sticker on my car saying I live on this street. Jealous? Like, no. I saw a guy, he had an M22 sticker on his car. And I, for some reason, followed him. And he pulled into a house that wasn't even on M22. And I was going to pull in and be like, bro, I got three houses on M22. But I didn't want to big dog him. I just kind of let it slide. But I was like, come on. Like, just, there's no, not even a point. It's have just- you,
1: ever, you ever seen that joke? I think it was a tweet or something where someone's like, hey, what's your street name? And he goes, Little Marco. And he goes, no. I mean, what's your address? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny.
0: Did you have a little a nickname growing up, Tim? No, no. What'd your friends call you?
1: Tim. Yeah. No. no in in hockey, Berga.
0: Oh, Why Berga?
1: Worsberger is the last name. So, like Berga and Keeman starting the game tonight. It's like, yeah, obviously, I'm starting the game tonight. Berga. Wait, Berga. Boston yeah. accent. Burger. Oh, Berga. Berga. Okay. Berga. I yeah.
0: All right. Good to know. Maybe I'll start calling you that whenever we skate. If we had, a, if it ever happens, <laughs> yeah. I'll call you Burger. Berga. Berga. Give me the. Plot. Anyway, so Tim, we're a week into the season. What are your early thoughts? Is there any team that is pushing the panic button? Is there any team that's in a sell now mode? Is there any team you're just, you know what, surprised about? Give us your early thoughts of this NHL season.
1: I'm glad you asked because I've got a couple. The first one, I'm going to start at home a little bit. The Bruins have made me very nervous. They are 1-1-1 one, one, and one right now, which is not ideal, but, hey, very small sample size, whatever. Here's the big thing that's alarming. In three games, they have not scored an even strength goal yet. Like, put that into perspective. How crazy is that for a team like that to do?
0: They got shut out tonight, 1-0 by the Islanders. That's very – It's you know what is funny, though? You lose your most offensive defenseman, Tori Krug. Yep. You lose your best forward, Pasternak. Teams can key in on Bergeron and Marchand. Who else do you have after them? Really? If you're the Boston no, Bruins, if you look nobody. at the lineup, who do you have?
1: Charlie Coyle.
0: Right? They don't <laughs> have a very scary lineup. Gone Sean the when the Bruins come in and they can just throw four lines at you and roll them. When they have the Horton and the Lucic. And even the Sean Thornton can, you know, chuck some in a couple times. The Dan Payes, the depth is not there. If I'm looking at a Bruins lineup, I'm going, okay, who do we got to shut down? We take out the first line, Marshawn, Bergeron. That's done. Bjork, Coyle, Debrusque, Frederick, Curley, Nick Ritchie. I guess Smith is okay, but Wagner and Studnika,
1: who who are these people? Yeah. And remember like the days when their third line was like Rich Peverly and Michael Ryder and Chris yeah. Kelly? Like, oh, they were so good.
0: It was and- it was depth. You could roll four lines. The Bruins were a scary team. Like when I w- was in the league, when I played the Bruins, you knew you were going to at least be dash one or get into a huge battle. There was no easy shifts. Not that I ever had an easy shift. Cause I'm like the <laughs> stud, but for the top guys, there was no like, Oh, we're getting their fourth line. This is an easy one. Their fourth line was pretty good. Fourth line with Greg cannibal, Sean Thornton, Dan The best that in the was, league. There was a decent fourth line. So now I don't know. Are so are they in trouble? Are they repairable? Or is it just, it's a lost season for Boston, much like it has been for every Boston sports team this year.
1: Oh, okay. It's not a lost season um, Yeah, And I mean, it's three games, so maybe maybe they win the next five in a row. Who knows? Um, but I just know in this division, that's super competitive. and a shortened season, every single game is important. So starting this way is not good. You're also getting basically no secondary scoring and no even strength scoring at all. Jake DeBrusk, I'm looking at you. So they got some things to figure out for sure. Thaussonak was suspected to be back sooner than later. He's recovering pretty quickly. Looking at early February last night check. So, um, but you know, if you if you start the season out like three and eight or something, February doesn't matter. You're that done. season's over.
0: In order for there to be secondary scoring, there has to be primary scoring. They need to figure out who can score on this team because right now nobody's doing it. So when you haven't scored an even strength goal in 180 minutes, I think they even went to overtime one game. That's a, that's alarming. That's just not like, Oh, you know what? We'll figure it out. I'm pushing the panic button. And the the sad thing about the Bruins is they, they have no trade capital at all. They have no one on their team who another team was just salivating to get. So there is no help on the way they are in it. They are going to struggle this year. I said it before the season. I'm going to double down. The Boston Bruins will not make the playoffs this year. They will be lucky to be bottom. I bet you they'll end up being second worst team in that division. The New Jersey Devils will be the only team that will be worse than them.
1: You think Buffalo finishes ahead
0: of them? Buffalo, they are looking fairly good. They are looking solid. But mind you, for the last two years, Buffalo comes out of the gate and they're the best team in the NHL. They're playing the parade. Everything's great. They're nine and one. They're 11 and two. And then they just drink the Kool-Aid and they're absolutely atrocious for the next three quarters of the season. So who knows what's happening? Buffalo, they started off good. They're up four, nothing now against the Flyers who are always strong. Maybe they can get the first win. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I I think the Bruins finish behind the Buffalo Sabres.
1: Speaking of Buffalo, congrats on the big win this weekend and uh, on Sunday night. Saturday oh night, yeah.
0: We're, we're switching sports real quick. Does anybody circle the wagons better than the Buffalo Bills? They, nobody does. The Bills are the most underrated team in all of the NFL. Nobody talks about them. In the lead-up to all these games, it was all Lamar Jackson, it was all Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. These are all sexy quarterbacks. Josh Allen, arguably – is the second or third best quarterback in the NFL right now. And I defy you to come up with an argument that you know defies that because he's a stud. He runs the ball like a running back. He throws the ball like he's got a cannon attached to his arm. He's cut down on the turnovers. His completion rate is through the roof. He has great receivers. All in all, he's a stud quarterback, and there's only one quarterback in the league who I would take over him, and it's the guy he's playing this weekend in Patrick Mahomes. potentially. He's in the COVID uh, concussion protocol. Yeah, he did not look good. We'll see if he makes it back. If he doesn't, I love how people are like, Chad Haney just took control of this offense. Patrick Mahomes isn't that important. It's like, nah. (laughs) Yeah, cool. And he got one good run. That was it. So let's not uh, trick ourselves to think Mahomes isn't like the best quarterback in the league because yes. But yes, very exciting for the Buffalo Bills. They're in the final four. Looking forward to it. Imagine a Buffalo Tampa Bay final. Oh, the people in New England would just be killing themselves.
1: I would love it. If Tom, I would love Tom it. Made it to if Tom could just Bowl. show them who's daddy one more time to shut and them down.
0: He does a parade in Boston just because he's Tom Brady. Yeah, And he can, and he does whatever he wants. But anyways, yes, just touching on Bo- Buffalo. Great, great win off to the semifinals.
1: Who's older, Tom Brady or Joe Thornton?
0: I think Tom is. Yeah, be very close though. I think Tom's what he wanted to play to 45. I think he's 43.
1: Yeah, he's 43. Is Jumbo not that yet? Almost. I want to say he's very close. 42. He's, he scored his first goal this weekend on Saturday. He did. did you see you it? Know what,
0: you know what is funny? I thought he was done on that line. The first game they took him off of it. Right back on the horse. Right back yeah. on the horse. And what a what a goal.
1: And it was perfect, too, because like Marner does like a beautiful, do you see his stick work to, to stop the puck on yep. that outlet pass? And then he sees Thornton dropping behind him, which is what Thornton's going to do. Right. That's what he That's He can't help it. He's just that much slower than him. But it's just he got open, went right to the net, perfectly executed. Um, beautiful pass from Marner. Pretty cool to see. I hope he does stick on that line from time to time and get some minutes there and maybe he'll put up some points.
0: It would be great if the coach can spot him on that line for, you know, not for a whole game because the kids need to play more, but put him on that line for the first couple of periods and then let the kids go. Give him Hyman or something. But good to see him get off the Schneid. He's not a goal scorer. You know, if he gets five goals this year, that's a good year for him. He's not going to, I don't think he's broken double digits in goals many times in his career. So good for him. Good for Toronto. They're a juggernaut. They really are. Like they. They toy with teams when they're playing. Like you can tell when they flip the switch and they just turn on their game because they are, man, are they dangerous? Like talk about rolling four lines. They have a very very strong lineup. So again, they're they're going to roll through that North Division. I don't I don't see them having any issues at all. Don't you?
1: Um, yeah, I think they're the other team to beat for sure. But they have a couple other Canadian teams that are one and two right now. Edmonton and Vancouver both losing or losing records. Again, small sample size, not too alarming. But Edmonton's got some goalie issues, and Vancouver hasn't quite put it all together yet. I mean, what, what do these teams need to bounce back, do you think?
0: Again, it's early. You know, it's a small sample size. Edmonton, we knew, we knew their issue last year. Goaltending wasn't strong. Mike Smith is he's – he's down. I don't know what's wrong with him. The other goalie, Ka, Ka, I don't know. Koskinen. Koskinen. He's average. They gave him that big deal. It's too much. It's it's too much money for that guy. He hasn't earned anything, and they just threw that big money at him. So that's the reason Edmonton won't succeed. Defense and goaltending. They have scoring. Connor McDavid is lighting it up again. Like, Drian Seidel's playing well. They, they've they gotten that part of their game down. And for some reason, the GM, multiple GMs have not figured out how to get a goaltender and some defensemen to play behind these guys. It's It's a travesty. It really is. And I don't understand it. I really don't. Everybody in the whole league... Everybody who watches hockey, they look at the Edmonton Oilers and they say, okay, we have two generational talents. We need a goaltender. We need a defenseman. The offseason hits. The GM sits down. There is, I would say, 10 goaltenders on the market. He looks at the board, and then he goes, we're going to keep the same two guys. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: How is that not a fireable offense? Honestly. I-
1: How did he not go get like Holtby, for example?
0: Right. Anybody. Go get anybody. uh, Anybody else. A fresh face in there. Markstrom. Tim, there was at least 10 goalies out there, and they didn't get anyone. It just boggles my mind. And it's not like we're talking about Carey Price and Patrick Waugh. Like, these two guys were mediocre at best. They struggled what they weren't signed for five years. One of them was a free agent who's 38 years old for Pete's sake. And he re-signed stuff like that. It makes you, if you're a fan, you just sit there and you go, why are these guys GMs? What did they know that I don't, I don't understand how this stuff happens because there's no rhyme or reason why those two guys are back in Edmonton and it will be their downfall this year. They do not have the talent between the pipes to win a Stanley Cup. That's it's just, I don't know. You can't, like, what does it fool me once? Shame on you. Fool me twice? Shame on me. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the Good. same thing, and expecting a different outcome? Like, uh, uh, these are common phrases I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not some genius. I know this, and I'm not very smart.
1: What do you think, uh, McDavid and Drysdale? see when they look around and they watch nothing happening in the offseason and stuff.
0: If they must just shake their head, it, it must be frustrating to them because they, they read the paper. They, they know what the problems are. They're in the room. They're sick of answering the questions. I'm sure the reporters ask them like, Hey, is it frustrating to score? You know, Connor, you had seven points today, but you lost eight to seven. Is that frustrating?
1: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah.
0: You're darn right. It's frustrating. That's his career. He's never had a good goaltender. He's never had a good six defenseman behind him. It's got one of the most frustrating things, and we're going to have Marty Turco on next week, is when a goalie lets in a bad goal, it's just so frustrating. But when you consistently do it over and over and over, like there has to be a breaking point where you give your guy in the AHL a chance, you make a trade, you send a message to the other guys in the team saying, you know what, we're not going to settle for this mediocrity. We're going to try to do better and they have not done that. So if I'm Connor McDavid, I'm just like what do I got to do? Come on, give me something to work with here. Like cuz he does put up 2 points a game. The guy's a stud. and Seidel's the same way. So I don't know. It's just like beating a dead horse with Edmonton. They get a new regime and it's the same old thing. It just drives, I, I don't know Tim. Everybody, calm down. I hope you're sitting down. If you're not, sit down because I have something to tell you. Something that's huge. Something that is monumental. I love sports betting. You love sports betting. Even Tim loves sports betting. And Tim doesn't like anything. And whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started and you've never done it before, I want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors. It's called The Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. This isn't Monopoly money. This is the real thing, everybody. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And there is hundreds of thousands of sports betting apps. So if you're the number one, like that's, you know, that's something. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you get the pro report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see the money bet percentages on every game. You can see the teams professional gamblers take. That's the cool one. You can see what all the pros are doing. You can take advantage of the pro systems with match winning historical betting trends and the latest games and lines, all this stuff. You can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. They make it dummy proof. If you don't win, there's something wrong with you. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time only, my listeners can receive 50% off an annual Pro subscription. They're giving it away everybody. They're giving away money. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code John Scott. That's one word John Scott. This offer's not going to last. So go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code John Scott to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today, everybody. All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right, just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. Now, you want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at indeed.com slash blue wire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash blue wire. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Offer is valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. One, two, three, Chopping. Let's move on to a happier story. A team that I'm very pleasantly surprised with. My former team, the San Jose Sharks. They look good. They look yeah. really, really good. Uh, maybe last year was an aberration where they just stunk, stunk up the place. Maybe they figured it out. They've gelled a little bit. Carlson looks okay. Burns is Burns is good. Vlasic's playing well. The guy on that team who is the new superstar is. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Hurdle Thomas Hurdle. Yeah, yeah. He is. So incredibly good. He is so strong in the puck. He is a poor man's Yarmor Yager. And I'm not even over-exaggerating this. He can control the puck. He's got a heck of a shot. He's got hands for days. He's got patience. He's even got the same type of personality. Very goofy, very fun, just very happy-go-lucky. This kid is hiding in plain sight, and he's a superstar, a legit
1: superstar. Those who listen to my fantasy hockey episodes heard me talk about him. He's super underrated going into the season, and he's got three goals and an assist so far in two games.
0: Who drafted him?
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: Uh, who's got two thumbs and pointing at himself right now? This
1: guy. Did you? Nice. I got him. I and mean, he's a stud.
0: How's your fantasy uh, season going so far, Tim?
1: It's okay. It's still the first week matchup.
0: So you're losing. <laughs>
1: yeah. Are yeah. you winning?
0: I'm crushing the guy I'm playing. Eight to one. I don't even know how it works. If I get eight points or if I just get one point, but I'm winning eight to one. I checked it yesterday. I checked it today.
1: You get eight points.
0: So how does that work then? So I get eight and that guy only gets one, or do so I just go one and oh,
1: you're eight, eight and one. He's one and eight.
0: Oh, ouch. Whammy. Wait till I get a shutout. I'm winning nine and one. I'm so good at fantasy. It's, it's not even fair.
1: So the other, the team that has been struggling, another former team of yours, Chicago Blackhawks, as you called it, they're 0-3. Here's the, the crazy part. Looking at the stats earlier tonight, they are in minus 10 already in goal differential. And just for, for, for perspective, the next worst team is Pittsburgh, and they're at minus 5. So there's no one even close. John, how bad is this going to get? How ugly is this going to get? It's
0: going to get ugly. It's going to get real ugly. It's going to get to a point where – and there's prideful guys on this team. This is what I'm worried about. Every year, Chicago has been relatively competitive. You know, they, they're sniffing the playoffs. They made the playoffs last year because of the expanded format. There's some proud hockey players on that team, and if they continue with this trend, there's going to start to be some complaining, and there's going to be some trade demands. There's going to be guys heading upstairs, talking to Stan, being like, hey, i got to get out of here. Like, I've been here for over a decade. i put in my time. I'm not going to do this. Like, trade me. Like, get me out of here and it's going to be number 2 it's going to be number 88 so i'm just predicting it there will be a massive trade from the chicago blackhawks i would say by the end of february they're going to make a move they have to they can't continue this they don't they, they just don't got it and they're not going to have it for the next few years so they need to just reset they need to you know make, pull pull a move get some young guys in there get some draft capital and just start over. Their goaltending is absolutely horrendous. Dalia and Suban are not the answer. They're not at, They're not NHL goaltenders. Like they're well, really not. What about they nine make, They make Edmonton look like Marty Brodeur. Like that. That's the, the diff. Like they're just not
1: NHL goalies. What about nineteen? Tays, do you think he's above well, that? Like, or? I don't
0: think he's in position to ask for a trade. I, I don't think he will. I think he's going to stick out. He's going to be a lifer there. That that's just uh, the vibe I get. But. The other guys won't, you know, they, they've done whatever they can. They, they've won a bunch of cups there and they're not satisfied. They want to win more. Like they're, they're human. They want to continue their career. It's not like they're tied to Chicago forever. Mind you, they have massive contracts for a long term, So it would be a tricky trade for a team to take them on, but there are teams who can handle that kind of contract. If Chicago eats maybe a little money, but it is doable. Kane is still in his prime dunks. Maybe you couldn't get as much, you know, of a haul as as it would be a Patrick Kane, but he's still valuable. If you're a team pushing for the playoffs and you need some defensive help, we were just talking about a team who could use some D help.
1: Do you think he would be an answer at all in Edmonton or no?
0: A a partial answer, yeah. I think you need a real shutdown guy in Edmonton. You you have guys who can move the puck. You have the Tyson Berry. You need a guy who can just shut down another team's top guy. Like you need a true, legit top four defenseman who can go in there, and logged the hard minutes
1: like Adam McQuaid. Oh, he retired. (laughs) I know.
0: I know. You know what? For a guy with limited talent, he played his tail off and he did his job. I have full respect for Adam McQuaid. I love playing against that guy. He, he gets my utmost respect. That guy. I'm glad he had a good career played 10 years, played over 500 games, won a Stanley cup. You you can't hate on that from PEI. So good for him. You know,
1: love Adam McQuaid.
0: Love him. That's weird. A little strange. Uh,
1: You know who I do love, again, too, is uh, Bobby Ryan. We talked a little bit about him. He's in Detroit now. In two games, he's got three goals so far. So it's good to see him doing well. Who knows what – I mean, he's not going to score at that pace, but it's good to see him succeeding, and I hope he does keep it up because he's a a feel-good story on a a team that's not going to win a lot of games, right? You also got to a fight last night. I didn't see that. Yeah, there was a little scrum at
0: the end of the game. They were playing Columbus, and someone stuck the goalie, and there was a a little melee – but uh, Ryan grabbed uh, Bjorkstrand mm. and they got into a little fight. The great thing about Bobby Ryan is he just, he's such a good guy. He's such a great personality. He's smiling during the fight because it's the, he knows it's so ridiculous that he's fighting. So it was just funny. He's like, he's just a good dude. He's the one guy who I, I chatted with a lot when I played against him. I played against him quite a bit. So happy to see him doing well. If, if he has world-class hands, he has an unbelievable shot so it doesn't surprise me that he scores it's just kind of keeping it all together you know what i mean because he does disappear for long periods of time where he's either disinterested or he just doesn't want to work as hard as he probably should whatever it may be but hopefully he can kind of keep keep on track he's in a no pressure situation with with uh, detroit you saw with thomas mannick when he went to detroit he played great you know he you kind of resurrected his career He was putting points up. Then he went somewhere else where the pressure was on a little bit more, and maybe he was expected to do more, and he didn't do as much. Detroit, no pressure. You go out there and play. You know you're probably going to lose the majority of the game, so there's absolutely no expectations. And you can just throw points on the board. You can take maybe a little more chances, you know, cheat a little bit. So that's Bobby Ryan's game. So good for Bobby. I love it.
1: Um, so kind of on the sour news note, you've got a couple of guys who, some big trade rumors surrounding most obviously is, is Pierre Luke Dubois, who's came out and asked for a trade. Um, and there's a little bit of, 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 a headline scuffle between him and John Tortorella. So apparently in the game last night, um, he was benched Dubois for a little bit for part, part of the game. And he came back in the third, scored his first goal of the game in the third. Um, so obviously Tortereau is getting asked questions about it after the game in the presser. And he's basically saying like, no, this stuff happens. It's a tight game. I'm just playing the guys who are rolling. Don't read into this. Um, but it's hard not to, right? Maybe he's sending a little message, especially since Dubois seemed to respond to that message where he hadn't scored yet and gets his first of the season as soon as he gets back in. And Dubois says, and this is a quote from his article here, I have one job is to play hockey to help a team. I just have to go out there and try to help a team get two points every night. It's a short season, so every game matters even more. My question, John, is have you seen a guy just so openly request a trade before? I mean, like, were you in the room on a team like that? And what's the vibe like? Are guys kind of understanding of the business aspect of this? Are they kind of like, dude, what's the deal? Why don't you want to be here? I don't get it. It's insulting.
0: Yeah, I've been around that before where, you know, it just isn't working out. It's usually at the start of the season or, you know, pretty close to it where the guy can tell he's just not in the team's plans. And it's a little uncomfortable, but. At the end of the day, everyone's professional, and it's still early on in the season where no one's really that invested into the season so far. What I think is funny is that everyone thinks that if someone gets benched, that they come back, they're going to be, like, just, like, poop and fire, and they're all ready to go. And it's like, no, you're probably still going to play the same way. Like, I don't know. There's no message being sent. Torts is just – he's got to be the – he's got to be the alpha dog, John Tortorella. That's it. That's always been his M.O. He's the big dog in that room. Whatever he says goes, he says goes. And if someone steps out of line with his program, he makes an example out of them. And that's what he's doing with Dubois. I've seen it firsthand. He did it with Gabrick. He he doesn't like guys who don't play his system, don't like to play his system, and just want to do their own thing. Dubois wants to go. He made that clear to everybody. His agent made it clear to everybody. He wants out. Torts doesn't like it. He's not going to play him and he's just going to make an example out of him. So, it is what it is. Torts is he's kind of petty that way. He just uh he almost that, his ego gets him in trouble sometimes. Where the Columbus Blue Jackets, it's obvious that Dubois is their best player. It's it's if you watch any of their games, it's obvious he's their he's their best player. The fact that you would bench him for any reason is A, it hurts his trade value, so it's counterintuitive to what you're trying to do if you're the GM, and B, it just makes you look like a child if you're John Tortorella because you're benching this guy just because you're upset at him because he wants to be traded. Like, grow up, you know what I mean? Like, be a a big boy and understand that he doesn't like the way you coach. Not everybody's going to get along. I didn't like torts. I told him right to his face. Then he said, you're not going to play for the rest of the season. I'm like, fine, fine. I'll see you later, you know? And it's just – that's – his ego gets in his way. And it's sad. He's got the little man syndrome. He's a very small man, and he just wants to be the biggest swinging you-know-what in the room. And he just – sometimes you can't. Some, sometimes you can't, John. You really can't. But anyways, hopefully this situation gets resolved because Dubois is too good of a talent to be benched. He's too good of a talent to be in these childish spats with Tortorella. Like put him on a team where he wants to send him to Montreal – the French Canadians would love them. Another forward they need in Montreal, right? Trade them for Anderson. I love it.
1: <laughs> <Kidding>. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Columbus would just love a guy like Josh Anderson on their team. Oh, he
0: would fit their team perfectly. That would be like a trade. Well, if they do that, then it'd be Domi for Dubois straight up, and Montreal looks like a genius. So,
1: what? Uh, so one one final piece here, and we haven't talked about this. This is last week's news, actually, but I realize we haven't talked about this yet. After 14 years, Mike Milbury is out as an analyst on NBC. And do you see who's replacing him? No. Babcock.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yes. Big news.
0: That is big news. That's interesting. Why don't I ever get a call for this? Yeah. Because actually, I heard they're getting some players, too. They're getting Ryan Callahan, and they're getting a Dominic Moore. So they're getting mm. a couple ex-players. They're getting Mike Babcock. Milbury had to go. He's, he's too much for 2021. The way the culture is, the way everyone's just waiting to pounce on someone. Like it was just a matter of time. Like he's gone, Roanoke's gone. Anybody who toes that line of being a little bit, you know, risque, being insensitive, maybe stepping on people's toes, they're gone. You can't even go near that line anymore. If you're going to be on um, national television, cause you're gone. It, there's, there's no chance of you ever surviving. So anybody who has any form an opinion goes to podcasting because that's the only true spot where you can voice your opinion without getting in trouble. Without it's, getting the last true,
1: it's the last true art form is podcasting.
0: It honestly is. It's the only space where you can have an opinion and not have someone come along and be like, Oh, you hurt my feelings. I'm going to tweet at you and I'm going to get you in trouble. People have tried to do it to us. Because you can't say anything nowadays without getting in trouble, without offending somebody. Everybody's skin is like paper thin. And if you insult them, it's the end of their world. And they want you to die and go away and never be seen again. So, you know what? Milbury said a lot of crummy things about me. I didn't want him to get fired. He was kind of entertaining. I think he's, you know, doesn't know hockey that well. He's kind of, I think it it passed him up, quite honestly. But Babcock will be interesting. His interviews were always so. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see him. I don't know what to expect. He's not like a Burke. He's not like a Tony Dungy for the NFL or a John Gruden. Like guys have great personalities. We'll see how he, you know, hands up holds up.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I'll be watching for sure to find out because this will be. It'll be even just the fact that like everyone knows it's Millberry's spot. You know, like that'll just make it entertaining. The fact it that it's Babcock.
0: I wish I. could. I don't have a TV. I wish I could. Did you know that? You don't have a TV? I don't. We went no TV. Wow. It's, very... I know. it's like Little House on the Prairie out here.
1: You're so brave, John.
0: We honestly have to talk to each other all the time. It's very difficult. Sometimes <laughs> Papa don't want to talk. Papa don't preach, baby. Not tonight. Papa wants to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who's saying that song? Kelly Osborne. Papa don't. Is it Mama Don't Reach? What's the song? Papa <laughs> I don't, don't know. I'm in trouble deep. I can't remember.
1: That I 80s thing? Os-
0: Kelly Osborne. Anyways, you're too cool for school. Anything else, Tim? No. No. You know what's exciting is we're talking to a Hall of Famer this week.
1: Yeah, we are. My, hey
0: my favorite player growing up. Arguably the best defenseman who's ever stepped on the ice. Arguably.
1: Most points, hey, right?
0: He was in my top five when we did our top five. Yeah, he so, was. I you know what I want to ask him? What was his favorite hockey moment? Because he had some epic ones. He was on the Olympic team. He's won Stanley Cups. He he was named to numerous Norrises. He made the Hall of Fame. I'm sure he won tons of accolades as a you know a junior. What was his number one moment? I think that'd be interesting. And if he says the cup, good good for him. He has his number retired from two teams. I don't know any other player who has his number retired from two teams. I guess Gretzky does three. I think Gretzky has his number retired St. Louis, New York and Edmonton. Yeah. So Ray Bork's going to be on the show. that will be interesting. I said, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And he's like, just don't get me in trouble. I was like, done, <laughs> done nice. race. Cause, uh, I think he might've had a couple issues in the past. I don't know. We're not going to talk about it though. Ray Bork, Boston legend will be on the show this week. So good for look for that. And, uh, I don't know. Anything else, Timbo?
1: No, this is it. I'm ready for All right, that.
0: Burger, Burger. I hope everyone's doing good. Uh, we will talk to you later this week. Cheers, everybody.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more and please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.